So this morning we are continuing our look at Simon Peter, a faithful but flawed disciple of Christ. Over the past few weeks we've seen how Peter, his heart is in the right place, but sometimes, well, sometimes his mouth gets him into a little bit of trouble. I'm not going to say any of you know the feeling, but sometimes I know that feeling. It's Jesus' final meal with his disciples. It's the Seder meal, that holy meal in which Jews celebrate their freedom from bondage in Egypt, and they tell the story of, of how God saved them from oppression. Jesus had been trying to teach Peter and the disciples and anyone else who would listen that God was doing the same thing through him. He was working to free all people from not the oppression of Egyptians or, or of any sort of, of political uh, structure, but from the oppression of sin and death itself. How much he got through to them, well, that's up to debate. After this meal, this important meal, Jesus looks at his disciples and he tells them, look, you are all going to abandon me when they come to arrest me. When the authorities turn on me, you are all going to abandon me. Every single one of you. And, and, and I can only imagine what that must have felt like if you were one of his disciples. To have the person who you trusted with everything, the person who you followed for three years, someone who you had dedicated your entire life to and given up careers and maybe even families for, look at you and say, you push comes to shove, are going to abandon me. It was too much for Simon Peter. And he allowed his emotions to get the best of him. And he, he looks at Jesus and he's like, look, the rest of these guys, they're probably going to abandon you, Jesus. You're right. I know them. I've seen how they are. You've got to keep your eye on that Judas guy. But not me. I know me. No matter what happens, I am with you, Jesus, through thick and thin, through the good days and the bad, and if they come to arrest you, I will fight for you, Jesus. I'll die for you, Jesus. And you know, when we read this about Simon Peter, at least when I do, I like to think that 
Simon Peter, in his heart, probably believed this. He probably believed that he would do anything for Jesus, including giving up his own life. Yet, as we know from the story, that isn't what happened. That isn't what was going to happen. And Jesus tells him, Peter, no. You're abandoning me just like the rest of them. In fact, by the time you hear the rooster crow in the morning, you will have denied me three times. Can you imagine? Oh, the shock of that, of being told that you would deny Jesus. This is a powerful story. And it's one which really helps to highlight the fact that Jesus knew that he was going to go to that cross alone. He knew what his followers were going to do. He knew that in the end, they would all abandon him. Now, at least from Simon Peter's point of view, when they came to arrest him, he brought a sword. He's the only one who thought, hey, maybe if they're going to come mess with Jesus, maybe I should bring a weapon. And he pulls that sword. And Jesus has to tell him, no, that isn't what we do. We don't use violence to counter violence. We counter violence with love. That's my way. It should be your way. But Jesus knew that in the end, he was going to go to that cross alone. And he still did it. Because he loved his disciples, and he loved you and me more than anything else. When I read this story, I really, I really get four takeaways, if you will, from this text. The first is, is that we need to recognize that we can't do anything without God. If we think we are going to do something on our own, we are sadly mistaken. See, Peter thought he could, he could be with, with Jesus and, and, and he could, uh, could, could, could follow Jesus through thick and thin all by himself. And, and I remember what Jesus said when he found Peter sound asleep right before he was arrested. He looks at him and, and he goes, you know, the, the spirit's willing, but the body, it's weak. And that's the way it is with us, isn't it? We have good intentions, but if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit helping us, we are never going to ever achieve anything of lasting importance. And that is individually, corporately. That's why uh, um, we've been doing our breakthrough prayer, because we need to have God show us and to help us and to be a part of where our church is moving forward to. And so the only way we can do that is to open ourselves to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Because see, if we try to figure out the direction of Groveport United Methodist Church without the Spirit, without God's direction, we 
will not be successful. But if we wait and pray and take the time to listen to God and do what God is leading us to do, nothing in heaven or earth can stop us. The second thing that I get from this is that we don't know the future. None of us know the future. For instance, somebody in this room may have woken up this morning thinking that Ohio State lost. Am I alone in this? Apparently, I am the only person. That's, that's why everybody else looks really, really tired. I'm right awake. But um, so I have this bad habit of not waiting to the end of football games if they look like they're they're going to go the wrong way. I just turn off and go to bed because why watch the end? And so somebody in this room might have thought he knew how it was going to end. He thought he knew the future. And he turned off the game with like two minutes to go thinking, eh. Well, can you imagine the surprise I got this morning? <laughs> Me of little faith. Yep. We don't know the future. Peter thought he knew the future. He thought he knew that he would never betray Jesus. But he did. He did. And what he found out is this. Betraying Jesus was not an unforgivable sin. See, sometimes I think we have this feeling that if we uh, do something that, that, that uh, hurts Jesus, if, if we don't act the way we're supposed to, if, 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 if we even deny Jesus, that that's it for us. But no, Jesus still loves us, even if we deny him, even if we run away from him, even if, if we don't follow his teachings the way we should. Jesus is still there for us. And all we must do is ask for forgiveness and he will be there for us. I mean, look at the disciples. They all deserted Jesus. They denied him to other people. Jesus, I have no idea who Jesus is. I don't know. I've never seen the man. Yet Jesus still could use each and every one of those uh, disciples to do wonderful things in this world. And just because you may have denied Jesus in some way doesn't mean that Jesus can't use you to do wonderful, powerful, powerful things. The final thing is, or another thing I should say, is I think sometimes our image and, and self-perception may be a little bit skewed. Romans 12.3 says this, Do not think more of yourself or more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. See, sometimes we think we are better than what we are. You know, for me, I get up in the morning and I always hum that old song, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. 
I love to look in the mirror. I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be a heck of a man. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. But I'm doing the best I can. Yep. Sometimes we're like that, aren't we? But then cold reality hits and we realize that maybe, just maybe, we don't quite know ourselves as well as we think we do. I want you to picture me as a fourth grader. Just shorter, cuter, still wearing, you know. It was that summer between my fourth and fifth grade uh, year, and my family went to Florida on vacation. And one of the things we did, we're down there a couple of weeks, and you know, did Disney, all that, but, but one of the things we did is we went to watch the space shuttle take off. See, that was back in the days when watching the space shuttle take off was a big deal, right? It was a huge deal. And so we, we get out to, uh, to, to Cape Canaveral at like 5 in the morning. It's still dark, and we're, you know, out in this big grassy area, and you could hear the alligators, you know, out there making that, that weird little croaking noise they do and being, you know, fourth, fourth grader, going to be a big old fifth grader. I wasn't scared of any alligator. I knew what I would do if I saw an alligator. I wasn't scared. You know where this is going. Well, I had to go to the bathroom. And... The only bathrooms were like a half-mile walk from where we were parked. And so my dad and I, we go down, starting to get light out, and you know, there's all these people pulling in all, all, to, to watch, and, and we're, we're walking along, and we're talking, and it's, to say, it's not quite light yet. And all of a sudden, I kick something with my foot, and it's heavy, and it's big. And I knew exactly what it was. It's a suitcase, soon to be suitcase. And I knew right then and there what I was going to do if I ran into an alligator. I let my dad walk right on by. Did I say, Dad, stop, I think I just kicked an alligator. Dad, stop, we could be in danger. Did I wrestle the alligator like the crocodile hunter showed me how to do years later? No, I froze. I backed up. I let him walk right in front of it. And he stops. And he goes, what are you doing? And I just go, there's an alligator. To which my dad goes, now you tell me. Turns out it wasn't an alligator. It was just a sandbag, uh, like a, a, a camouflage sandbag that they were using there to, for like a tent or something. But I thought it was an alligator. And so then the rest of the vacation, and until this day, my dad lets everybody know I was going to let him get eaten by the alligator so I could run away. It's not a proud moment. Did I throw my dad to an alligator so I could get away? You better believe I did. Sometimes we don't know ourselves like we think we know ourselves, do we? 
Peter didn't know himself like he thought he did. When push came to shove, he denied Jesus. Yet, as I said before, that doesn't mean that Jesus quit loving him. And it doesn't mean Jesus quits loving you when you slip, when you fall, when you do something to hurt him, do something that hurts others. Jesus still loves you. Say sorry. Ask for forgiveness and move on. Finally, the disciples, they couldn't see the whole picture. See, Jesus knew what needed to happen because he understood the plan. The disciples, they didn't. And so they didn't understand why Jesus needed to die. That's why Peter was, was so upset that Jesus said he was going to have to die for the sins of the world. No, you don't. He didn't understand. And sometimes we have to acknowledge that we don't know the whole plan. But Jesus does. And sometimes that's uncomfortable for us, or a lot of times that's uncomfortable for us. But what it means is this. We have to trust. We have to put our whole trust in God, our whole trust in what Jesus tells us to do, our whole trust in where the Holy Spirit is leading us. Because we don't know the whole picture, but the Lord does. The Lord does. My friends, Peter was faithful but flawed, and so are we. Yet Jesus used him to extraordinary heights, to do extraordinary things, and the same holds true with each and every one of us. Are any of us here perfect? No. Can Jesus use each and every one of us to do amazing things in this world? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is our church perfect? No. But can Jesus use our church to do amazing things in this world? Absolutely. So never forget that. You may not be perfect. You may deny Jesus, but that doesn't mean that Jesus will ever deny you. Jesus will never deny you. Jesus loves you. Jesus will use you. Keep that in mind. You are not a failure. You are a work in progress. Let us pray. Lord, remind us this day that none of us are perfect. Just like Peter, we all have flaws. Oftentimes, Lord, our heart is in the right place, but sometimes we just mess up. Remind us that you still love us. You still care for us. You still want the best for us. And you can use us to do amazing things even when we aren't perfect. So thank you, Lord, for trusting in us, for loving us, for giving us second, third, fourth chances. It is in 
your name we pray. Amen.